Welcome back to the Remote Life. My name is Han Torbett, also known as Han Meets World, and today we'll be chatting with Yaya and Lloyd from Hand Luggage Only. Based in the UK, Yaya and Lloyd have been creating content for Hand Luggage Only since 2014, sharing their adventures and advice across their blog and social media channels. In this episode, we talk about creating content on the move, including Yaya and Lloyd's advice for starting a blog or new social media account, as well as tools they have in their suitcase for creating content on the road. So grab a coffee, a tea, or something stronger, and let's get started. Amazing. So we're live on the Road Life podcast. Guys, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Oh my gosh, we're really good, first of all. But thank you so much for having us. Like, this is actually really exciting. (laughs) Any excuse for us to talk, and we're there. (laughs) So thank you for dealing with us for the next, like, however long this is going to (laughs) be. No, you guys are amazing. So obviously, like, we met briefly at the Be Creator travel show, and you guys were, like, just so incredible, sharing all your knowledge. And then you had awkward me coming in with your your book, being like, please, can you sign the book? (laughs) That was just like, really we, it. it's nice to kind of see, like, actually, like, I guess where it travels to. <laughs> it was like, it was brilliant. We, yeah. are, we genuinely, we still, I still have literally that photo saved. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, this is actually the best thing. Stop. I love that. Yeah. I was just like, I don't, this is a really funny thing because I don't really fangirl often, like, to the point where I'm forgetting my own name. And you guys had to actually ask, so what is your name? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> my. <laughs> 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 just not me no so, I, I swear i'm sure we literally throughout the whole time just like spoke so much and i feel like we, you were probably like why are they just talking to me for like ages doing this like <laughs> <laughs> i was just grateful it's, it's, it's also one of those things that like when as a digital nomad obviously i don't really tend to buy hardback books anymore so again when like you meet somebody who like you actually have the like proper copy and then you meet the people who created the book as well and you followed the like places you've been to as well, because there were a few places that I've been to that you guys have uh, recommended. And then just seeing you guys, I was like, now's my time. Like, <laughs> so it was really great. <laughs> and I actually, I hadn't even considered that part of the digital nomad part, because yeah, with hard copy books, though, that's hard obviously to travel with. So yeah, that's like an ultimate compliment. Thank I know you. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now it's uh, sitting on the shelf at my mum's house and she's going to steal it next. So it will go with her and her van. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, back to the podcast. Let's dive straight in. Tell us about you and your remote life journey so far. I mean, I would say busy (laughs) in a good way. I think that the beautiful thing of travel is that it's almost, what's the word that you say when it's like everything can change in an instant? The drop of a hat. Yeah, and I think that's also an incredible thing of travel, but also a scary thing sometimes that your plans can be so different, so varied, and so unique, and change at such a quick pace that it makes like this kind of like remote journey that we're all doing as like traveling the world or traveling anywhere. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) An easy way to say I'm excited by what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah, and I think with the travel stuff as well, from our point of view, I, I. Feel the thing I've loved and embraced so much more, especially in the last couple of years, is also like a bit more of slow travel, if that makes sense. Like just actually taking the time. And I think that's the reason why, even like with regards to certain places we go to, we actually visit a place more than once because the first time you're like manic going around, want to see everything, do every single yeah. thing. And the next time you get to actually slow down, like find that restaurant you got to, that you couldn't visit last time. You get to actually, I guess, notice details in the culture of the place you're visiting that maybe you would miss if you were going really fast. So I think there is 
almost like this new layer as well, where you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. And so much that you would go back again, like a third time and a fourth time, just to like really sink your teeth into places that you actually love. So there's, it's interesting that way yeah. now as well. For sure. I definitely feel like a lot of people are trying to get to know like a place a lot more, which is why I'm so excited for like the rise of like digital nomad tourism, like as a thing with, you know, cities with tourism boards as well. And speaking of which, have you, so it's Dubrovnik? Yeah, something? and you've seen it. You go, you go. You've seen it even with like um, certain countries now where they're even offering like visas specifically for digital nomads as well, where people can obviously come in as digital nomads and work there. Because I think before people would just visit and they not necessarily have a status and you're kind of like in this <laughs> uncertain kind of territory. And then now countries are actually recognizing it so much more as a profession or as a professional kind of status as well. And actually offering... Um, visas for it. So I said companies. Countries are. <laughs> Not companies. As well. And actually looking for ways to cater to, I guess, that demographic as well, which is fantastic and exciting. Yeah, it's something like 50 plus countries now that offer some kind of scheme. It's pretty awesome considering there was not, there was what, two years ago, there was like literally nothing. So it's, it's definitely on the rise. I mean, it's literally like kind of like blown up over the last mm. few years. And this is an incredible thing, especially with like the journey that everybody's been through over the last few years with COVID and everything like that. I think mm. a whole kind of culture and life around like how we work has changed so significantly. It's nice to see places like adapting with that change. No, absolutely. Have you guys like been doing any kind of specific campaigns around long stay visits or... Like, what does your stuff tend to focus? I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest thing we've been doing more so recently is about really, t- like, yeah, I mentioned before about, like, enjoying slower travel. So I think that's been one of the things that we've kind of been, like, prioritizing a lot more rather than kind of, like, dropping ideas where you're just like, okay, just need to see this, the big sites and then like, go away from something. <laughs> I think we're now trying to kind of go deeper into the areas that we visit, especially with, like, other brands and campaigns that we're doing. Yeah, I think something like that, like onion analogy, like and you're just peeling off layers of it as well. And then every time it's obviously something new and hopefully something fresh as well. But yeah, a lot of the campaigns are now like, okay, actually, what more is there? Or maybe there's a different angle you might not have considered a destination from as well. So there is a lot more of that. And I think uh, the length of time that you spend there then that's like entirely up to you as well. So you could visit for a short period of time or you could want to visit for a long period of time. But I think what you're seeing so much more, and I think there was like, you've done a couple of campaigns as well where it's very much like, oh, actually, could this be your new home? <laughs> could this be somewhere where you want to actually stay for much longer in? But I think what we've seen as well with them, the digital nomad life is, it's not necessarily a state of permanence where it's like, oh, you're a digital nomad and that's the end of it. That, that's who you are. Some people are digital nomads for three or four weeks a year. You know what I mean? Like where it's like actually allowed to be to work flexibly. So it means that for a week, you don't need to go into the office. So you could literally work from anywhere as long as obviously you're connected to the internet as well. So there is almost like this new level of digital nomadness that's opened up as well. And it's, I guess it's now like more of a sliding scale as well. It's no longer just like full time, which is very interesting. And I think lots of places are taking advantage of that. So I think there was a campaign we did once about people considering Almost like it was almost around hotels, but kind of like if you were going to go to a hotel and stay there for a longer period of time than you would naturally normally as well. Like, how would, how would that look like if this was your home? Almost like converting that to your home as well. So that was quite interesting to see that. I guess that trend shifting as well because again, a few years ago we didn't really have that. Yeah, so it was quite interesting. And speaking of which, you've mentioned obviously you've been back to a few destinations. Where are you seeing that could be home, or are you seeing anywhere? Oh, do you know there's so many countries we visited and we're like. 
could live here. This could be the new thing. But I think absolutely, I think one of the places that we love so much, and I, I think I'm speaking for both of us here. <laughs> Sorry, Yaya. Um, I feel like it's Canada in a lot of ways. Yeah, I feel like Canada is such a beautiful oh. country, and I think in the sense of like it's so huge, it's so vast, but also the people are really friendly. Yeah, and it has poutine. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm being very reductive there, honestly. But realistically, I think the quality of life is incredible. And, like, it's just such a beautiful place. I think we've, felt, we've fallen in love with so many cities in Canada which have such great access to the outdoors. And I think that's something that we found, you know, as we travel more and more is a, a really important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just to back up on that as well, so, sorry, with Canada as well, I feel like it's, you're so right, is that balance of... It's that work-life kind of balance that you can get there as well, where you could, say a city like Vancouver, you could be, I don't know, relaxing in this vibrant city in the afternoon and then skiing in the evening. Like, it's just, there's so much to do there as well. I think we could quite like that as well. But also there's some other places like Lisbon, for instance. Oh my gosh, yes. Absolutely, and it's sunny. (laughs) You almost like guaranteed a bit more sunshine than you would like at home. That is like, so, and then the culture, the food, the outdoor eat, everything and I'm trying to think where else as well. Iceland. Iceland. So none of these destinations like are, seem logically linked, but I think there's something about the, I guess the culture and also the people that we actually really connect with. And I think when that, that's probably a thing where it's like, if you, if you feel like the people are really nice and if you feel like the whole culture around the environment is well, quite nice, then that's the thing that we could settle in. Settle, like that's, that could be home. So it's not necessarily oh, just for the environment where it's like, oh, just oh, it's a sunny place or, oh, it's a cold place or it's a place that, I don't know, has more people or less people. It tends to be actually, what is the actual vibe like there with the people that you're actually seeing? There? I mean, it was something that we did quite a few years ago where we actually lived in Singapore for maybe six months. Yeah. And that was something that we absolutely loved. It was just like such a great city to be based in because as we were then at least, like, we were just like, we used it as our base to be able to explore so much more of the wider geo, geo, <laughs> not geopolitical. Just the wider area. Landscape. I have no idea why I'm talking like I'm in like new states. <laughs> I wasn't waiting to see where this was going. I know, right? <laughs> We like to travel from Singapore. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Are you going to finish? Are you going to finish? No. <laughs> We're waiting. I know, right? <laughs> that was a good cliffhanger. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, that was obviously a really great way to summarize, like, kind of like answering but not answering. So, like, thank you for that. I think that's, I think, feeling that we all share is that I think as soon as anybody says, like, where's your favorite destination, I think we all have this kind of like panic mode where we go, Oh my God, what? Like, how can you ask me that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's hard to pick one place as well, because I feel like my favorite destination, like in winter would be so different to what it would be in summer. Yeah. Like say in winter, I'm like, oh my God, I want to, I very much believe in embracing the seasons. So winter, you want to go like somewhere that's actually quite cold, maybe like, I don't know, the Arctic or go to, I don't know, um, I've seen the Arctic, like this is different, but like Lapland. Like, really feel like you're in the moment. But then, come summer, I'm like, I'm done. Actually, Black Planet summer is nice. But, yeah, yeah. but come summer, saying, I want the sunshine. Yeah. Okay. He's saying this. I don't believe a word he's saying because I know by the time we get to Lapland, it will literally be like two hours of sunlight. And you're like, I need sunshine. <laughs> Not in winter. Like, this is what I was saying about the seasons. Like, I feel like the thing 
I am very much weird about the seasons now. It's, I don't like the, you know, when you're, when you're in a season and it just feels like it's not fully delivered. Like it's yeah. winter, but it's, it's not somehow giving. still not cold enough, but it's kind of wet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like for it's like, oh, it's winter. Okay, fine. Let's where's the snow? Yeah. Where is the like you know the full kind of the full works? I mean, not every single day, obviously, but like I'm like, yes, it's winter. Let's feel like it's winter. If it's summer, don't be raining in summer. Don't be like chilly evenings in summer. Like I want the sunshine. I was like, oh yeah, some put on the AC or let's go out for like I don't know, just something that feels like each season feels different. So I really like that as well. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, actually, it's actually kind of why we like Canada as well. Okay. Because it has such distinct seasons as well. And distinct places you can enjoy the seasons in as well. So it's quite nice to have that. Because I've only been to Canada literally for like a few days last year. And I went to Montreal and it pretty much rained the entire time. Is it like, you know, we say we have four seasons in the UK, but we have four seasons with a lot of rain. Like, is Canada similar in that way or...? The seasons are very I mean, depending on where you go to as well. Yeah. I mean, we've been to like one of the first trips, not the first trips actually, one at least of the first trips was when we arrived in Alberta and I think it was like minus 34. And it was a very (laughs) extreme example for us as Brits that are used to like chilly weather, you know, a little little coat weather. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's five degrees outside. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where we were just like, wow, this is unbelievable i mean as soon as you stepped out you almost like choked on how like cold it was like it was so cold and dry (laughs) such a shock to the system been in summer and it's been like piping hot and you're Mm. just like swimming in the pool and stuff and you're thinking my goodness this is actually amazing like there's such a distinct seasonal change in canada and i think i think that's one of the things in the uk we don't get quite as much we obviously get seasons obviously we just don't get it at the same level. Yeah. I mean, we've been, like, say, like you were saying about the summertime as well, and it does get quite warm where, say, like in Vancouver, and we was it wasn't about, so we drove from Vancouver, but it was like you could just go out there and there were all these kind of nice little, like, farmer's markets and, like, little cute villages yeah. and towns to stop off. And you're like, oh, I could... I could live here. This could be like, and it's got views for days and all that yeah. stuff. This is like, this is nice. I could do this. A TikTok sound. Should I move here? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's quite literal. <laughs> Love it. Well, so let's let's talk about hand luggage only because yeah, obviously that's why we're here. Why hand luggage only? And do you still stick to? Hand luggage only. I shall let Lloyd start with why hand luggage only. So yeah, so it's when we first started our blog, which was kind of our first platform. Um, our website was our first platform more than anything else that we did. We were trying to think of a name because we were like, ah, oh, we, we want to try and do something that kind of resonates with us and how we were traveling. And I think for us, we were students at the time, and one of the ways that we used to travel, we used to try and travel on like a Friday evening. And then if we had like, if we were studying until Tuesday, stay until somewhere until Tuesday, and we used to travel anywhere in the world, anywhere we could find. And we thought, okay, this sounds cool. We would go. And we would always travel with just hand luggage. And it's literally the most boring story ever. We used to travel with hand luggage. <laughs> so that's what we called our blog. <laughs> I tried and to make this whole fluff thing about it yeah. being some grand design idea <laughs> of like how the name came about. Nope, we just travel with hand luggage. Yeah. And it wasn't like a uh, rule for life. I think it was just like, mm, what should we call it? It's like, I like the idea of something obviously has to do with travel. And how do we travel? Like, oh, yeah, we do hand luggage only travel now, kind of thing. And it wasn't even then, like, if we were going to America, which we would have then as well, or going to, I don't Skiing know, or yeah, mm. I don't know, Barbados, 
something, we would still pack a full suitcase. Like they're not planning on going through two weeks in America with like hand luggage. <laughs> like it's, it's not like a challenge. <laughs> like it's just like, it was just something that we're like, Oh, this makes sense. I mean, we like the name as well. And it just felt like, actually, it just felt right. It's kind of, it's, it kind of felt a bit like how we were traveling as well, almost like spontaneous mm. as well, where we were just like maybe, and five days before, be like, should we do this? Should we go there? And be like, yeah, let's but do you it. Just, you look for someone that has the cheapest flights and be like, well, I've never heard of this place before, but like, sure, let's go do this. And then obviously back then as well, I mean, even now it still happens to check in luggage. You'd have to pay a bit extra for us. Sometimes mm-hmm. that could double your ticket price. So you're like, you know, I'm good. And then we would look for really cheap deals. We've found eight pound return tickets. Like I think once you hit 20 pounds back then, that was like, oh yeah, these tickets are starting to get expensive now. <laughs> I mean, to remember now, right? as a student, obviously, we're very mindful of how uh, you're spending your hard-earned cash. <laughs> and I think we would literally try everything we could just to keep the cost low so we could actually go somewhere. And I think it was like, said like obviously not taking hand luggage like paying with certain cards that yeah. didn't charge fees at the time does they anymore i think what happened back then what you're thinking of is like bank cards used to charge the fees but then hide it within the cost no. of the transaction so now they've had to like state it separately so now you know that yeah. so the bank cards that actually have great deals like say Starling, for instance, has a really good one yeah. as well. But like the bank cards that have like really great deals and have to tell you. Mm-hmm. So they, t- they they so you know now when you you're not getting charged a fee or certain fees in certain places. But certain well. airlines used to charge a fee for booking a flight with a certain card. Oh my god, yes, they did. Do yeah. you remember? And that's and there was one card and they would make the most obscure card you could ever find. And I was determined to make sure I <laughs> every rule to get the lowest price fare. So it was yeah. almost like staggered, wasn't it? Like a credit card which cost you this much and the debit card would be slightly less or something something and I, but also credit cards had like a bit more protection yeah. as well and i feel like the airlines were trying we were saving the airlines there's probably one specific airline we're thinking of right now <laughs> <laughs> where they would obviously try and make sure that you obviously didn't have any recourse to complain or anything i think generally as customers but yeah yeah and yeah for uh, like traveling hand luggage uh, we definitely do still if we're traveling for like a european break or something but i think we're also very practical as well yeah in the sense of, like so one of our trips last year was to antarctica i mean we packed a big suitcase for that obviously and i think it's just about yeah, yeah. delving into or at least appreciating where you're traveling to yeah i mean we, we packed two suitcases each when we're going to burning man in yeah. america as well so i think it's just whatever the destination needs is what we pack for really. yeah and then yeah so it's not this rule that we're beholden to where it's suddenly like well, well now i can't pack a suitcase <laughs> like it's just more like we liked at the time it sounded nice we loved it or it's never ever been like this kind of thing where we have to like stick to by force so to speak yeah. it's funny because like now when i was on my flight here to, um, to lisbon you've got airlines and whatnot now actually talking about like tiktok hacks and, you know actual like air hostesses and been like You've got the bag. You've got the TikTok bag that like fits under your seat, or like, oh, I saw this. I saw this hack on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So true. I just remember the amount of times of like, obviously, when like at one specific time, I remember when we went to Marrakesh and we had we went with hand luggage. And we ended up going to all the, the different markets Suits. and things. Yeah. And literally, <laughs> you know what it's like when you go somewhere, you're like, oh my gosh, I love everything here. Yeah. So we came back with lots of souvenirs, um, which I still love to this day and filled my bag full of stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have no room for my clothes. So I remember get, getting on that flight with like four pairs of trousers on 
and all of my t-shirts and jumpers just to get on the plane without like paying for my hand lug- uh, and, checked in luggage. And I will take credit for this as well because <laughs> I think like, I think, like you, I think it's such a like so like growing up in Nigeria, I feel like it's such a Nigerian thing where it's like, okay, right? How can we pack this stuff, right? It's like nobody can stop you from wearing two trousers if you want to, or two shirts if you want to, kind of thing. And then you can also wear your coats, which you didn't even need, but just wear your coat as well with that. And maybe put a couple of shirts in your pockets and stuff. It's ridiculous. I wouldn't make a habit of doing it because it's just stressful. Yeah. <laughs> but. I think back then it was like, there is no way we're not coming back with this cushion. Like, do you want it? Or yeah. like with these kind of like plates and stuff. And I don't want to put the plates in. I mean, we didn't, we didn't even have a suitcase as well. So I'm like, we have to figure out how to get this home. And if that means we're going to like dress up and stack on as many clothes as possible, well, so be it. That's what it's going to be. It's funny that you guys mentioned about not doing this for like a challenge. Cause that is actually something I did for a while for myself. You did? I did. How did you find it? So. I went through a period, and I wouldn't recommend this to people necessarily now, um, obviously, like, with the carbon footprint element, but I went through a whole phase when I was living in London of how how can I spend less traveling outside of London for the weekend? And I could. I could have a whole weekend Mm -hmm. for less Mm -hmm. than living in London, doing the brunches, doing the, like, out-out nights, all the rest of it. We've done exactly the same. But my biggest challenge I've done is going to Bali. For, with just my backpack and I will never do it again no way never do it again but I was like I just want to see if I can okay and then I had so you're going to go and luggage from now on because no, I, I don't know I don't know I refuse to sign up for that <laughs> like, I don't like, so you can help us just like no 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 I don't want to do that <laughs> no no I would not, I would not I recommend it now <laughs> I suppose if you go time you could literally just take swimming trunks a few t-shirts I'm literally trying to logically understand how you did this now. I love and, 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 yeah, and it's also, it feels like, um, I don't know what you're trying to like uh, break it down. It's like, Hans already said she wouldn't do this. I'm going to recommend right? it. But you're okay, like, I'm how gonna, can I make this work? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's going to be a new thing. So, no, no, no. It's, again, that's only my, my thoughts and how I approach it, of course. Like, absolutely no judgments. It was just really funny because I had, obviously, I had 10 days of holiday. This is when I was still based somewhere full time. And I was like, right, I've got to fit in. I still co did the remote working while out there, but I was like, I've got to make this sort of work for myself in a fun way. And so, yeah, it literally was like a backpack that fit under the seat and obviously had my laptop like stuffed down, like between everything. I think I literally had like three outfits, like the, my bikini, my GoPro, and then I had my raincoat, but this is what I did. I did the exact same thing. I was like, I've done the shopping in Bali, but not enough to get a suitcase. So I then ended up on this like long haul flight with like my raincoat stuffed full of clothes as well. <laughs> so to get on a long haul flight, it's so oh, sketch. <laughs> it was the most random yeah, thing. Yeah, I going to know. Yeah. <laughs> the security guy knew as I was like <laughs> my head. He knew straight away. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. It was like she's one of those travelers. <laughs> what she's smuggling. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> but speaking of things to have in your suitcase, what are your like top three must-haves as creators to have in your suitcase? Oh, as creators, definitely. I mean, the obvious one for for me is definitely the phone. I feel like it's such a tool for how we create and engage with everybody. So the must-haves when you travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think that's that would be my priority. Um, I would say um, shoes. Shoes. (laughs) How how did you go straight to shoes? (laughs) 
to a suitcase, right? Like to help you to help you create, right? I'm trying to yeah. To help you create. So, yeah. So as a creator, like, okay. what are you, I mean, yeah, shoes I is a, valid. <laughs> I have a little no, behind this because I feel like <laughs> if you pick the right pair of shoes, I feel like you can go to pretty much anywhere. Like, so, like, I I know, say, I'm 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 really terrible with this, right? Where I will have the same shoes that I will wear on a night out, that I will go hiking in, that I will go to the beach. I can do a lot with the same pair of shoes, but I feel like they're important because you need to get to places as well. I mean, obviously, if you're physically able to as well, but you need to get to places. So I feel like you can't tell your stories if you're uncomfortable or if you don't, you can't really get to the place. So I'm going to use that and I'm sticking with that answer. <laughs> I think there's some kind of like motivational fashion quote in there. Like it's that I should be on a bumper sticker. (laughs) Fashion is timeless. Okay. Like, like I'm not a savage. (laughs) I must look good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. We'll we'll allow you your shoes. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> and then, uh, what do you say? Third um, one would be. I, mine would probably be a little bit like, like, not uh, not usual, but <laughs> sunblock, okay. like SPF. Me, I can only spend about ten minutes out in the sun before my skin goes bright red. I feel like it's like my Celtic DNA in there somewhere, <laughs> which does not allow stay outside in the sun for very long so it's like that allows me to stay outside and actually explore more that sounds really boring and i'm so sorry but oh. like spf oh my gosh like who am i <laughs> i did have a moment in slovenia where i was like i know i'm gonna be that brit that burns in the snow impossibility <laughs> i mean we show our colors so quickly when we travel <laughs> This is we're from a country that's all year round rain. Okay, like I know, right? Yeah, they let me have this. <laughs> no, that was, that was unexpected, but that has to be like some of my favorite answers for sure of like things to have in a suitcase. Oh. <laughs> you have to, like forget like having the late, latest gadgets, guys. You got to have good shoes and good SPF. Like the thing as well. Like before, I feel like we used to be like, oh my god get your laptop can get your phone and then get your camera as well like a proper camera and stuff but i just feel like you could do so much as well with your phone now Uh, it feels like actually in a lot of ways it's smarter and also makes you more flexible as a traveler as well because i think sometimes i think it was when we're in cuba as well like that we did i think we were like okay right i'm I used to have like, a, you have like a photo camera and then like a video camera. So two cameras at once, like on my neck and then also then the phone oh, as well. Yeah. And so it was just like a lot to travel. And that's mm-hmm. before you think of the lenses. There would be like three lenses in there, like a battery pack, like all kinds of like everything, some bowl sweets, like everything <laughs> in my backpack. But it was like, I think with the phone, then I, I can set a challenge then to be like, okay, right. How about if we just like, I just use this for the videos entirely, the entire time. No phone, no video camera, or anything like that. And the videos looked great. And then published the stuff after. And I was like, well, this is all fantastic. So, like, why did I bother? Do you know what I mean? Like, it just felt like, oh, well, we could do this this way. So there is really no need to stress ourselves as well. And I think that, for me personally as well, that was like kind of a game-changing moment. And then over time, obviously, phone, phone cameras get better for photos as well. And then we've done entire trips where we just used our phone publish the photos after and they look in my mind anyway amazing <laughs> enough but I feel like for the platforms we're putting them on 
like I think it actually helped quite a lot as well. So because of that, I was like, well, actually, it looks good on actually, here. What am I stressing? Such a point. Like I think for us, like we still take camera, uh, like bigger, bigger DSLRs to certain destinations we go to, but. Like, you know, with phones nowadays, you can film in 4K, you can do all these different things, which which maybe five years ago, only a DSLR could have done or something like yeah. that. And I feel like as a, as a creator as well, the ability to have a more subtle piece of technology is much easier because I, I remember when we were taking, you know, big cameras, massive lenses, I'd always be conscious a little bit of like, because people sometimes stare if you're taking a photo you're like why are you taking a photo of an ice cream with this massive camera <laughs> and it, it makes you a little bit more subtle in in what you're doing because everybody uses their phones to take photos and it's i think it, it makes it a more natural traveling experience now as well to have yeah. that and i think as a content creator as well you like obviously you can get used to just being like look this is what i do and i'm just going to take my photos i'm going to ignore everybody else's stuff as well but i think it can sometimes hinder because I think you can still get self-conscious and it can surprise you sometimes. Even when you're used to it, you can still make you feel like, oh, I'm not going to get my stuff out now. Or actually, sometimes it's just a hassle to carry around with you. And I think even like, say, on certain hikes, I remember then and my bag would weigh so much, like the backpack that had the cameras and stuff in, that it just meant that certain experiences wouldn't be quite as fun as they could be. If you were like, say, going on this long hike for like five hours or something, and you're carrying a bag the size of like a small child okay. on your back. And that's get the water and like your food or your snacks with you as well and so it was like actually this is like you come off the hike and your back is hurting and you can only move so fast because it just became a whole thing and so having that flexibility to just think i just see something i'm going to just grab this and do whatever i want to do with it as well that's just such a game changer so that's the reason why we're not actually the phone but the right phone i think it just it can actually be such a game changer in terms of content creation especially if you're if you want to keep things light, especially if you don't want to be like you're bugged down by so many things as well with you. Definitely. And I feel like also it makes the actual editing and like uploading process so much swifter and so much easier. Like even like just a switch between, you know, have to stick a USB stick into a laptop and be like out with all your tech on the table, like versus Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, you know, to your phone from a camera. Even that like is just such a game changer now for sure. There's so many apps as well that it's like on your phone that, that existed on your desktop only before that now on your phone. So you can do so much more on your phone now than you could maybe say before. For sure. So which like apps do you guys use for editing and uploading? It's, I feel like some of the apps we use are some of the most basic apps like out there. There's things like InShot, uh, maybe Lightroom. Lightroom. Sometimes the native app itself, like say if we're putting on Instagram or, or Pinterest. Um, or- yeah. So you use the native app, like on TikTok, for instance, the times where it's just like, literally, this is exactly what I shot, put it on there, slap a filter and we're good to go kind of thing. So it um, it totally depends. But I think it's just the big three, probably non-native ones would be probably CapCut, which is new. We don't, we didn't, never used to use that till a few weeks ago. CapCut, InShot yeah. and Lightroom. Nice, cool. And anyone who is maybe starting, thinking of starting a blog or like, uh, let's, let's go more specifically within the digital nomad remote life kind of bubble. But like, if they're in that space and wanting to start, like create a social media presence or a blog, like do you have any advice for people who are just starting out? Yeah, I, 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 one of the things that I would say personally is we can, as human beings, we can put up so many barriers to starting something and continuing something. So like you can, I, we all do this. We can be, you know, on uh, the start of a journey and be like, 
say, say for instance, if you want a larger social media presence, be like, oh, I can't do this because I don't have the best camera or I, I don't have the, the skills. And I think as I, I feel like I've learned like over the last 10 years or nearly 10 years of doing this, it's like you're, everybody's learning on the fly and you don't need the best of everything to feel like you're creating. I think that's something that we've been been told for so long that we need that. Mm-hmm. And I still remember like, like the fact that we're using our phone for some trips alone just shows that if you're thinking of starting something, just start with what you have and go from there. Um, and don't use it as a kind of like a, a barrier to entry or even carrying on. I've seen so many people, like so many content creators out there that where sometimes you just think, oh my God, you have such impeccable content. Like you just assume that, oh, they must be using something totally different. And it's just this phone that they have. But there was someone in Germany that we were with on a trip and it was like, his content, oh my gosh, it was just gorgeous, like beautifully edited, beautifully shot, like the angles, everything was amazing. And it was like an iPhone he was using, and not even like the newest one. It was one that was probably like maybe say three years, released like three years ago, and just seeing what he could do with that as well, which we kind of already knew, but I think just seeing the extent that he could push kind of the content from that device that most people would be like, no, I need, I can't use that. I need to use something else as well. I actually think it's quite incredible. And so many people have built, I would say, art from things that you wouldn't necessarily expect as well. But seeing people do that shows you what's possible as well. And I think for a lot of new um, content creators as well, like don't wait for perfection, like just get out there and start doing it. And I think it's almost like not a challenge, but you could do so much with so little. And I think that's how we started we never, I think we didn't have, oh my gosh, this, but like, I think we started our website and we went for like a cheap kind of host, never the cheapest host, by the way, because then if you, <laughs> if it got too cheap and your website suddenly like has a bit of traffic as well, it will just crash immediately. But it's like making sure like you keep your costs low, you make it like sustainable for yourself. So you get the devices that you can afford. You know what I mean? Like you get the, you use the devices that you already have, you use the platform that you have. And there's so much of it that you just need to, not worry about waiting till you're perfect to actually post stuff as so well. So right. I but think I was just going to say that's something that you you were much better at than me. So for instance, when we started, I used to be on that goal for perfection all the time. And it's only, I would even say only in the last four or five years that I've truly tried to break that because it can also be a limiting experience to think everything needs to be perfect. And I think nothing will ever be perfect in a creative industry because it's so subjective. And I feel like it's important to remember that. And I, I think that's something that you've always been very good at. And I've been terrible at <laughs> until recently. <laughs> I just feel like the thing about it is like, when you think about what you see, I think a lot of what we love online is stuff that maybe reflects things that we actually internally really appreciate. And I think sometimes like, I think perfect actually is never that. Because if you think about the people you know around you, people you work with, your family, your friends, there's no one that you would say is perfect. Each person has their thing. Do you know what I mean? There, And sometimes the thing is, I think you really love them for as well, but each person has something that the world would necessarily deem as perfect. And I think even the nature of who we are as human beings, the fact that we can sweat or we can, do you know what I mean? Like if you don't shower for days, you'll obviously smell like things like that. Where we're just like, we know like perfection doesn't just exist. Like there's nobody that is just like naturally perfect as well. So we're surprisingly really comfortable with the idea of imperfection, it makes us feel immediately like kind of like a home. Like it just makes us, it, it makes us feel so good when we know like, Oh my God, you're just like me. Oh, you're part of that, that, that whole conversation. And I think 
but we we knew that internally, but we always still strive for perfection. And so I think sometimes and when you do that as well, I think you start off this whole journey, you think, oh, no, no, I must be perfect. I must make sure if my photos aren't good enough, if my videos aren't good enough. I, it's just not enough for me to put out there. Whereas the reality of it is like, actually, no, you're fine. If you make a mistake, there's a typo in there. Well, guess what? We've all received that text from a family member where you're just like, what are you trying to say in this? And you're like, oh, yeah, sorry. I texted that too quickly. Here's what I actually meant. Or sometimes you have to decipher messages as well. Or like saying, you're like, mom, what did you, huh? What are you saying? Like, oh, I, I get what you mean kind of thing. So it's so familiar. It's so like we're used to this kind of stuff. So much so that we don't actually have to worry about this at all as like say content creators. They're probably like, oh, you make a mistake, correct it. As long as the mistake isn't offending somebody or causing harm to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? If it's just like a small thing or even photos. We've seen blog posts we've written in the past where we think at the time you just say, mm, chef's kiss, this is beautiful editing. And then like two years later, you're like, oh, <laughs> like, I on? like, why is it so dark? <laughs> like, what is going on in the corner here as well? And it's just like, you look back at it. And I think it's actually quite nice to have those moments because you see how you're evolving, how you're changing, how you're growing, because in what we do, we don't get annual reviews. Like, we don't, I mean, we don't get the same corporate structure that actually tells you where you're progressing. And so sometimes having those stories to look back on and you're like, hmm, I remember when I used to think this was a great way to edit a photo or I remember when I used to think this was a great way to record a video kind of thing. It's nice to see that progression as well. And there's nothing wrong with it. Nobody, all you're doing is learning publicly when you're doing that as well. And I think actually there's a lot more patience for it than people actually realize. So yeah, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just get out there and do something you're actually enjoying. I think also so much of that resonated for me as well. And also like even going back, you only get the memories on Instagram and you're kind of going through your old stories like, oh yeah, I remember when I thought that font was good or like, <laughs> yeah. what is that angle? Like, <laughs> like the gif is a quarter of the screen. <laughs> like it covers almost every single thing of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but also, I, I will, these are words that I kind of, there was a blogger who did an interview, what was her name? Louise Pentland did an interview for Blogosphere. You know, Louise. Yeah. yeah. But she did an interview years ago, and I will never forget this quote, and it honestly puts my mind at rest. It's, if I make my life look easy, then I've done my job. And that's the same thing goes for like when I am like, I feel like something has got too easy. Like me taking an Instagram, I live my life in nine grids, right? This is what I say to people. I live my life in nine grids. It's just something that when I'm looking at a thing, I can just see the picture straight away. And so I snap it. And of course we forget that like in the process of a skill becoming easier, we forget that like just because it's easy for us doesn't mean it's easy for other people too. So I think there's almost the kind of like slight imposter syndrome that also starts kicking in as well. Yeah. You're so right about that. I think we also forget some of the skills that we have, like, cause again, you just do it so slowly over time or you just kind of, you know, you downplay what it is that you can do. And then you kind of, it's only when sometimes other people tell you, you're like, Oh, actually, thank you. I didn't realize. And it's sometimes really good to hear that because you, you just think, Oh yeah, I'm just doing what everybody else is doing kind of thing. I know a lot of the times it's like, actually you probably learned some skills across the, the time you've been doing it as well. And it's important not to feel like inferior because of that as yeah. well. But you, the, actually, the thing you said, so what you said, Louise said, is that if it looks, if her life looks looks easy, then she's done her job, right? And that's that's really something that we say all the time as well. It's yeah. like I think for us, because the content we create is very much focused on the audience that we're speaking to as well. Like, do you know, that's the whole point of it as well. I feels like actually we say this this something pretty similar as well, where 
everything looks easy and looks straightforward as well from our point of view kind of thing, then that's fantastic. Obviously, it's a double-edged sword because then people don't know the work that goes into the background of it as well. But do you know what? As an audience member, I will even say as someone watching, as a, for example, a TV show, I don't need to know how many hours were spent in production editing the video. Like the, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm showing up here to yeah. watch whatever TV series I'm watching. I don't need to know about the contract uh, disputes in the background. Was this person actually, like, you know what I mean? All the kind of, like, rank of the contracts. and like, no, this person wants to die coke in their room. I don't need all of that kind of stuff. I'm actually here for the magical. We're watching The Little Mermaid or we're watching Avatar. Like, I guess I want to see... <laughs> the story of that, there is some behind the scenes I'm interested in, yes, but generally speaking, like as an audience member, I'm like, well, yeah. show me what you've got kind of thing. So I think for us, from a travel point of view, the audience member, yes, they should know enough that actually affects their journey. Oh, is it hard to rent a car here? Is it straightforward? How is it? Best restaurants. What's the, exactly, best restaurants. What are the hotels like? All that kind of stuff. All the information that's pertinent to them. They don't need to know that it took me 10 hours to edit that photo or that video. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't add value to the person, like at the other end of the screen kind of thing, where it's like, actually, okay, I'm sure, this took you ages to edit. Like, what does that do for me, like as an audience member? So I think whatever adds value to them is what we actually want to showcase and what we actually want people to leave with. And so if it looks easy and if it looks, if the job that we do looks like, oh, anyone could do this, looks so straightforward, so easy, like actually we're like, yeah, we're doing our job quite right because I want you to, I don't want to give you <laughs> stress when you go onto our yeah. website or our page and just think like, oh my gosh, like I didn't realize there's all so much work here kind of thing. I want you to leave kind of feeling like, oh, we've got an information that we need or a bit of like, maybe say we didn't think about this destination and now we are. So yeah, there is definitely that where we've said that before. Maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. I have nothing to add. <laughs> yeah, I said it all. <laughs> <laughs> 10 points to Gryffindor. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just conscious of time guys honestly I could keep talking like you guys this has been so fun I'm just worried about though that obviously it is nine o'clock so I'm gonna go straight on to more questions like if that's okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm very... very, uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. no it's been amazing I'm like oh my god can we like talk for another like five hours but you've got a flight in the morning <laughs> as well so I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <That was> just... <laughs> 9 a.m flight oh. <laughs> It's a good idea. Not a good idea. Flex. Uh, <laughs> um, Lunch on the Algarve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, talk. Just getting a little bit more personal now. What is the secret for you guys, or like, is there a secret to balancing like work and life for you guys? And again, nearly ten years doing this. So, I think I would say, and this sounds really cheesy, but respect for each other. I would say it's about you know, understanding each other's quirks, appreciating each other's quirks and like embracing each other for who we are. I think as, as people, it's quite easy to be, to say like, oh no, it's still, something has to be this way or that way. And as humans, we're all very different people. So as long as I think the one of the things that works for us is like just being present with the person and being adaptive to them hmm. than anything else. I would say in terms of balancing work and life as well, I think, there's a lot of actually saying yes to yourself, to things that actually you want to do. Because I feel like you could do this job in a way that doesn't actually work for you. Like you could do, so for instance, you visit, um, let's say Lisbon. You could visit Lisbon in a way that is fantastic, perfect for somebody else. Do you know what I mean? And it's like not actually the stuff you'd want to do, not the stuff you're interested in as well. So it's actually sometimes asking yourself, what do I actually want? Like, well, actually taking the time to do that because... 
I think, especially when, if you're in an unstructured kind of digital nomad job, where you're your own boss or you're in charge of your own schedule and stuff, you don't always get the corporate structure again to guide you along this. Like, and I'm not saying the corporate structure is always like the best, but sometimes in certain corporate environments, it's like actually, okay, making sure that you take time. I mean, even the nature of how of a nine to five, you get to clock off and then not have to worry about work again till the next day. Well, obviously <laughs> within reason, but like to clock off, not worry about work till the next day kind of thing. And then you don't necessarily get to do that when you're like, say, in charge of your own business and your own hours of working as well. So you have to figure out like what good looks like for you as well. So going to somewhere like, so for instance, like there's certain destinations we go to where we're not morning people, right? So you just, and like all those kind of like, go oh, get up and see the sunrise. Like that sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to see the sunrise there. I, like I want to be sleeping for this. I, I don't, I'm not missing it. I don't care about it. I, I prefer a sunset to a sunrise. So it's like, well, actually I will never then prioritize getting up to do a sunrise. No matter how beautiful it is, it's not going to make me happy. I'm just going to be like, I'm so tired now. Like, and it's just going to affect me for the rest of the day. However, the sunset view, the sunset drinks, the sunset restaurant or whatever it is, then we're out there for that as well. That We make the effort to do that as well. So a lot of the times I think it's actually asking yourself what makes you happy yeah. and being able to apply that as well. Don't do a trip because somebody else did it and it looks don't like do, it looks like a version of what they might enjoy, but not what you enjoy. Actually take the time to ask yourself like, okay, what do I enjoy about this? Because you may enjoy maybe say 70% of what the person did. And I want to taper the, like tailor the other 30% to actually match what you want as well. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid yeah. to actually check what you want. Because I think if you're working in a way that really, really suits your life, the way you want to work kind of thing, and the way that you really appreciate it, I think it's just, there's a happiness that comes from that. And it's just so, there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing that's going to replace that kind of happiness because you're literally getting to do the job that you want to do in a way that really makes you happy as well. And that could be anything that could be literally saying, Oh, I only work till 3 PM and then I'm going to stop. Or I have to make sure like every restaurant I go to has to be an incredible restaurant or it's the hotel you stay in. You always want a hotel that has some character that makes you feel really welcome, whatever it is. Don't be afraid to actually take the time to figure that out as well. And then you then make choices to actually match that because I think it's more about being like, so kind of something you touched on as well, like Lloyd touched on it, where it's like almost like being present as well in the moment, kind of thinking, actually, what do I want? Don't just go with the flow. What do I actually want from this? I think yeah. that really matters. And just respecting each other's views on that. So. Yeah. That's a really good point. I was going to say, like, do you have any sort of like boundaries that you have in place? Like, obviously you talked about finishing like work at a certain time. My brain also does like malfunction as well. And you're like, we're not morning people. And I thought, 9am flight tomorrow. <laughs> No. <laughs> this is why on the way to the airport tomorrow we're going to be grumpy <laughs> all the coffee like, do you guys have any like boundaries or like certain like not rules but like any like non-negotiables that you have in your routine to set those boundaries I wouldn't, there are non-negotiables because I think the nature of travellers thought uh, the nature of travellers taught us that you almost have to be flexible within reason as well. So there isn't something on the table that we would be like, there probably is if I stop and think about it, like for too long, probably there's some stuff that we actually would be like, nope, not doing that. I'm not taking a chance with that kind of thing. But I would say a lot of the time, the thing for us is, one of the things actually, it's not, one, it's not like the, the only thing, one of the things is trying to limit the amount of stress or necessary stress that you have when you're, I guess, on a job or say you're traveling and stuff where don't get caught up in almost like, I think it's easy to think 
oh, you're traveling to an airport and maybe say you're running a little bit late and you get stressed by that. And then maybe say, oh, you have to, maybe you're doing the whole security check. And as long as like just rummaging through your back and throwing every single thing out of your back kind of thing, and you get stressed by that. And I think there are so many opportunities to stress yourself during the, throughout the entire process of traveling, even when you're working abroad as well. And I think what we try and do is try and like limit that stress. And sometimes limiting that stress involves not letting other people drag you into stressful situations because I feel like sometimes you can get third-party stress that isn't caused by you. You've made a lot of effort to actually balance your life and try and figure out, like, you know, almost like figure out the best way of working for yourself. And then you get like external pressure that tries, tries to stress you out. And I think it's almost being very mindful of that kind of situation as well, because I think it's so easy to get lost in it, <laughs> kind of like yeah. to get lost in kind of like, oh my God, I need this right now. And this is, and it's so easy to get lost in that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the day, you're a human being as well. And you have certain needs as a human being as well that you should always think about. So I think from my point of view, and I'm sure yours also be different as well. And from my point of view, it's almost like if this isn't realistic to expect from just a human being that is just generally speaking, like why are you expecting this? So it's like, say, planning a whole itinerary, for instance, and then not even having time in there for lunch kind of thing is like that for me is like well we need to eat anything <laughs> is like like that that isn't sensible or say having a whole day that's kind of maybe say so stressful that it's like from 7 a.m till midnight like you're actually doing something constantly to that point as well it's like it's also not practical or realistic because that literally is such a long day to have and then especially if that long day kind of this pattern happens say for an entire week back to back like it's unrealistic to have that kind of work pattern as well. So things like that are probably the kind of barriers that we will have in place where we're like, actually, no, this has to feel real and feel natural. And to be fair, the best content, the best results we usually get are usually the times when those things are actually quite balanced, where you're actually quite happy and quite content in the thing that you're doing and the way you're working and traveling. So just going to say that, that barrier for me is probably a big one. I think for me, and I definitely speak for both of us here, like, and I'm going to keep my much briefer than Yaya's because he is <laughs> babbling on. <laughs> like, it's, uh, <laughs> That's great. He's <laughs> uh, like happiness. I think for us more than anything, we always have to be happy in what we're doing. And if that changes in a moment, that's, that's the cutoff where we're like, what are we doing? And it's as simple as that for us. Like, and obviously this is, it's easy to assume happiness isn't, is the, I suppose like working hard or, you know, all that kind of idea is like, Oh, that doesn't make you happy. Working hard and being happy can be the same thing. That's completely fine. Uh, it's more about just like, if you're in a situation where you're like, actually, I, I don't know if I'm enjoying this get yourself out of there. Let that be your, your barrier to like doing other things. I think happiness gets thrown out of the window so easily. Oh my gosh, well. yes. I think we're also told, like, and I get why. I don't think it's, I, get, I think the sacrifices you make for the people you love, for yourself, there are, there are times when you have to almost, be, it feels like you have to delay happiness and stuff. And so I get, I get that. Um, but I think it's like a lot of the times we become so accustomed to being unhappy in certain situations and we never, you almost like give up and never actually strive to think, actually, what is the thing that makes me happy here? Is it like, and I think I've, in the past, say when I was, working, I was working for someone else, I've taken a huge pay cut. I've left a job that was the job that everyone was, and I've done that probably more than once. Um, I left the job that everyone says is the job you're supposed to aspire to. This is a job you get 200 applicants for one place as well, and you finally got a place there, and they pay you so much, and you should really appreciate it. And I've left that because it just didn't make me happy. And I think the important thing then was just that I actually feel like at the end of the day, you're still kind of like 
it's so easy to be to feel like your happiness is the first thing you need to throw out of the window. And a lot of the times that what we found is there are so many people across the world that are showing how they are actually quite happy and still enjoying the work that they're doing. Mm. And so the idea that, oh, well, happiness is something you need to sacrifice to work is not realistic. Like, it's not that it's not realistic. It's not an essential thing for success kind of thing. It's like you can actually be happy in what you're doing. And sometimes that means, yes, the happiness in what you're doing means you might have to then maybe say take a lower pay or maybe live. Actually, sometimes it's like the way you live in as well. It's like you could be living in a city where you're just thinking like, actually, why am I in the city? What would really make me happy right now is to have a smaller house in the countryside and like maybe have a few ducks in the garden kind of thing. And I know it's not the glamorous kind of we're going out clubbing or whatever, yeah. and like going to like fancy restaurants. But this is where your happiness is kind of thing. And I think we're told to make so many compromises over and over again that sometimes it just is, it creeps in on you. One compromise, yeah, one compromise there, and you're not actually stopping to think. So I think it's that part of actually yeah, taking the time to think. choosing happiness, yeah. not just passively allowing it to like stay where it is or yeah. go away. And sometimes it has to be delayed. Like sometimes it's like, oh, actually, I'm doing something to get me somewhere kind of thing. It's that. But yeah. I think if you have a happiness thought at the back of your mind, at least you know whatever decisions you make next, you know it's taking you where you want to be as compared to just ignoring that entirely and then just doing whatever and then looking back and thinking, well, that was a bleak period kind of thing. So I think it's like, if you have that at the back of your mind, if you think about what makes you happy, and I feel like the decisions you're making and the kind of opportunities you're looking for and the way you work, I think takes you more towards that. Or even sometimes it means that you stay where you are, but you change the way you work or the kind of the opportunities that you're getting within where you are as well to actually suit that feeling that you have where you want to be happy, you want to be content, you want something that makes you feel like, ah, oh, this is fantastic. Mm. I think also that it's so true and that also kind of goes hand in hand fulfillment because like, I would say that I don't necessarily like feel happy all the time but if I'm feeling fulfilled then that in itself is a measurement for success because I think also I get mm-hmm. qu- quite a bit from people like oh you're a, bit, you're a digital nomad but you're living the dream I'm like no no I'm living my dream this is my dream <laughs> yes okay yeah. not yeah. everyone wants this not everyone wants to be doing this absolutely it's really not for everybody absolutely you just touched on something that just you're so i love that saying because i think it's so fantastic because i think it's understanding that because i feel like from the outside and from the inside people might feel like oh my god your life is so glamorous you get to do this and i said no no no, this is but yes for me i absolutely love it like it's choices that we made to be and we actually appreciate it but guess what it's not somebody else's it's actually quite up for somebody so I, i actually really love that because i think that's the thing as well, like where people don't necessarily always think of what they want. It's like, actually, no, so what is your, like, this is, yeah, this is my dream. And you'll probably look similar to it as well, but it's like my dream, not necessarily, you might actually do it. And I'm like, oh, this is not for me kind of thing. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> I actually love that. Yeah. Cause I feel like, again, I, it goes back to that whole saying of if I've made my life look like it's something that you think is the dream, then I've done my job. Again, if you go on Instagram and see like the, the highlights mm-hmm. of my dream, and think that's your dream then again i feel like i've done my job in that respect yeah the only other thing i was also going to add on to that one thing i've had to develop for myself which is way more like what you said was like so good and so deep and needs to be on like a really great motivational poster i think from my perspective i've kind of gone now i have a thing for myself especially being on the road i have to be like right is everything falling apart right now or do i need a sandwich yeah. <laughs> that's my new <laughs> I love that. I love because that's literally me. I'm the, that is Lloyd. Literally, I'm the most hangry person. Hangry, by the way, not angry. Just makes the, 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 the if I don't have my food or something, 
I am literally everything. Well, you're better now. You're better now. I'm better noticing it now. Yeah, before (laughs) it would just be like, like almost like I don't think you even knew you were doing it. No, and I'm like, "Uh, no, 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 no. Like, like, and then you can tell, like, immediately you have the food. You're like, I'm calm down. Yeah. Yeah. It's I feel like, good. It's like dark clouds. I can't believe I'm overly hungry. I'm like, I can't deal with this. What is life? Like, <laughs> but yeah, I just need a fish finger sandwich. <laughs> For sure. I hope you take that with you now. Think of me next time. Like, like when you're out of golf. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever seen you have one. When else did you have one? Because we're going up topic. I used to love these growing up. Fish finger sandwich <laughs> with ketchup on. Oh my gosh. That's like literally. I haven't seen you have that for a long time. Oh, but maybe this is my fault as well, where I'm just like, fish fingers. <laughs> Actually, I love fingers, um, fish fingers, chips, beans, bit of coleslaw, and then like some cheese on the side as well. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're very um, into a high spec meals, as you can tell. <laughs> and I was going to say, that's probably the most English thing ever. Like, that is like... <laughs> I know. If you're not English, you just imagine like going to Italy. It. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go to Italy and be like, "Oh no!" Like, um, <laughs> just You're like, what disgrace. is this? Finger de la fish. You don't put babies with fish, like ah. <laughs> Guys, this has been absolutely amazing. I have just had so much fun, and I could keep chatting with you, but I'm very aware of like the time. So, last question. You did kind of answer this when um we met, but. Fill in the blank. Home is where. Yeah. So I like this. I remember home you asking. Home is where you are. That literally, <laughs> you literally took my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like building up to this grand moment. Like literally, yeah, I suppose. It shut it down. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But no, truthfully it is. I think more than anything is like, I think the, the great thing about what we do and obviously being able to travel so much, I think having someone you travel with, I think it definitely makes it so much easier as well. Because I feel like it's harder when you're doing on your own sometimes. But I think when you have someone you're traveling with, then it's just easy to be like, okay, we're doing this now, we're going somewhere now, kind of thing. And so it's almost like you take your home with you, kind of stuff. So it's quite quite comforting to have, kind of thing. So yeah. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. And yeah, have fun in the Algarves. Also, we should have like scheduled another like five hours to just chat. <laughs> like this would, we should have had like a five hour podcast and just like rambled our fish fingers again. And then get to the airport tomorrow and be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I think like we could have had a whole side conversation on like fish fingers, on like shoes, on like <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just class <laughs> ideas. We should do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen. I'd listen. That's the kind of content. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the remote life and thank you yaya and lloyd for taking the time to speak with us you can find links to the hand luggage only website and socials below thank you so much again for listening and we can't wait to remote work with you again soon